Good evening, Seekers After Horror. Welcome to Explorers of Elsewhere, where we are doing a rather special game tonight because we're playing Call of Cthulhu. Hey. Uh, I think it's our first Call of Cthulhu game on the channel, which is mm -hmm. really exciting. Um, and I'm joined, my name is Matt. I'll be the uh, law keeper or the keeper of arcane law, uh, which is what the games master is called in Call of Cthulhu, not a dungeon master. Um, and I'm joined tonight by some really special first-time investigators. Uh, so um, if we go around, uh, Julia, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi. I, I don't think it's that important I introduce myself. The most important person is the little star here. Oh, oh she got shy. <laughs> just immediately leaves. Um, that was Daisy. I'm Julia. I've never played Call of Cthulhu before. I'm very excited. Do you want me to introduce my character? Not just yet. No, we'll Not come yet. to that. Okay, that's for later. Okay. Uh, Chris? Hi, uh, my name's Chris, uh, and I'll be playing the part of Edith Jackson today at some point. Great. Uh, Lane? Hi. I'm Lane. I'll be playing Ella Belgraves. Uh, yeah, I mostly run Call of Cthulhu. I've not actually played it properly, so... Ah, okay. Lovely. I'm stepping into Investigator for the first time properly. Okay, I'll try not to kill you off on your first time, then. Um, That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, Dan, you're Hello. sat in the wrong seat. I am, yeah. I'm going to have to get used to this pretty real damn quick, I feel. Uh, yes, hello. My name's DM Dan. I have a small tabletop RPG role-playing channel called Explorers of Elsewhere. You should go check it out. You should like and subscribe to all of their stuff. Um, it's my first time playing Call of Cthulhu. We're popping that bubble together. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to it. Great. And last but certainly not least, uh, Tilda. So, hi, I'm Tilda. I'm going to be playing Rosemary Everett. I have played Call of Cthulhu before about six years ago. And this is going to be my first game since I went on maternity leave. Hey! Hey, it's good to have you back. Nothing like the horror of childbirth to near you to Cthulian Lovecraftian horror. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, well we will, uh, as Dan said, if you haven't already, this is a great chance to like and subscribe and comment if you want to see more Call of Cthulhu on the channel, which you obviously do because it's a great game. Um, and you should do that before I manage to ruin it for you. Um, so yeah, without further ado, uh, we will get on with tonight's session. So welcome all of you investigators to the Roaring Twenties. It's actually the summer of 1929. Uh, the memories of the brutality of World War One are fading uh, in the midst of a economic boom that is revitalizing America's economy. Herbert Hoover is in the White House. Um, it's the age of, age of jazz, uh, flappers, prohibition, uh, although that is now uh, the federal government's war on liquor is starting to look like it's failed. Um, and of course, organized crime is running rampant uh, throughout the states, uh, which may or may not become relevant later, we'll see. Um, we find ourselves today in Boston, uh, Massachusetts, in the sweltering summer of 1929. It's August, uh, it's hot, and the five of you have had your day daily routines interrupted by an unusual telegram 
from an old acquaintance or friend of yours uh, called John Allen. Uh, John Allen, as you all know, is the the director of exhibits at the Boston Museum of Fine Art. Uh, It's someone that you've perhaps known for a long time or maybe only met uh, once or twice, but he's sent all of you an identical telegram, uh, which reads thus. Dear friend, stop. Hope you will pardon intrusion, stop. At wit's end and need immediate help, stop. Will explain in person, stop. Café du Vittoria, Wednesday, 2pm. Stop. And uh, Wednesday comes and finds the five of you strangers to each other sitting around a table in Café du Vittoria, which is in Boston, less than salubrious North End. Um, Historically, well, it's not probably not an area that's well I don't know pro- possibly not an area that would be one of your regular haunts um, although it is an up-and-coming area uh, swollen by Italian immigration and um, this is a, a brand new cafe that has opened to serve uh, the population of the North End um, and the five of you find yourself sitting around a table in the hot summer sun looking at your old friend John Allen, uh, who is a balding balding man, probably in his late 50s, uh, in a, a sharp grey suit. He's got a pinched, anxious expression. He looks tired, um, and there's kind of deep lines around his eyes. Um, and he f- seems unable to kind of sit still in his, in his cafe chair. But he thanks you all for coming, and... Uh, and after um, a waiter comes over uh, dressed in a pinstriped apron, uh, ready to take your orders. So if I could have each of you uh, describe your characters as we go around the table, what they look like, what we need to know about them and what drink they order. Uh, and remember that this is prohibition era, so alcohol is not on the menu. Um, Julia, if we start with you, what does Jeffrey sure. look like? Uh, yeah. Jeffrey Thornhill is uh, a man in his mid-thirties. Um, he is dark-haired, fairly relatively handsome, a good-looking chap, very charming, um, but there's a sort of slightly... Um, his sort of easygoing appearing manner is has this sort of undercurrent of very slight skittishness he's he's not quite as relaxed and easygoing as 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 he comes across as you get the the impression this is a man who is fairly easily startled but um but just generally quite a quite a nice looking chap he is a journalist uh, by by profession um so he has he has his he has his his waistcoat he has his sort of notebook and uh, and he has a camera uh, as well that he carries with him and does Jeffrey work for um, any particular newspaper or organisation, or is he freelance? Uh, I think he probably does work for a specific newspaper, one of the kind of broadsheets. Like, I don't know if there's something called the Boston Herald or something yeah. like that, something of that ilk. Great. Uh, and what's Jeffrey having to drink? Oh, he um, he says, "Oh, uh, I'd like a uh, coffee with milk, please, my good man. Thank you." 
the waiter gives you a, a, a curt nod and then looks uh, to the person to your left. Um, Chris, would you like to introduce Edith for us? You see a short, uh, quite stocky, uh, older woman. Uh, Edith is 54 years old uh, with quite a quite a lived in face. Let's put it that way. Uh, she's smoking the stub <laughs> of a cigar, which is just kind of like fuming away. You you rarely see this thing out of her mouth and let, like even if she's talking, she'll start talking. And then she'll remember that she can't talk with it. Probably. Um, she looks like she's been kind of in uh, through all of the charity shops and bought one thing from each charity shop. <laughs> uh, not that there are charity shops, but that's what she looks like. It looks like that she's found these clothes and looks like that she's been uh, she's seen a fair few things in the time. You can see her like kind of fiddling through a notebook at the at the request of a uh, coffee with milk, she kind of does a little That's it, that's all you hear from her. And she's like, what do I want to drink? Mud, dear, mud, give me mud. You got mud. <laughs> um, the the waiter is a, a young, uh, a young Italian guy and he kind of looks confused for a moment and uh, and see at uh, nods and uh, yeah, he's obviously just gonna sort of whatever mud means in Italian. That's that's what you're getting. <laughs> um, is is the cigar ever lit or is she just chomping on? The cigar's lit. This? It's kind of like okay. just slowly smouldering away. It, it might go out every now and again, and then like it won't get relit for long periods of time. Uh, she won't really notice. It's a it's a safety tool. It's a it's a confidence builder. Okay, great. Um, the waiter rather hurriedly moves on to uh, the person to your to your left, Edith. Um, Lane, do you want to introduce Ella for us? Uh, yeah, so probably slightly bringing down the average height of the group. Ella is about 5'1", long red hair, very messily tied back up into a bun behind her head, uh, prominent freckles on her face, but insanely like pronounced eye bags like she hasn't slept in about eight years uh wearing a not too formal dress sort of a very relaxed but or has a suitcase and a leather glove on one hand uh, as the waiter as the waiter turns her, she goes just a black coffee darling not much from me he gives you a uh, an appreciative nod as he recognises what a, you know what he just thinks of as a sensible drink. Um, <laughs> and uh, what does what does Ella do for work? Uh, she doesn't work anymore. She used to be a nurse in World War One, okay. and after what she saw, she's basically taking her wartime pension early. Gotcha. And is living off of that. Okay. Um, the waiter uh, turns uh, to your character, Dan. Would you like to describe mm. Walter for us? Yeah, so uh, Walter is a very, uh, quite a large, stocky um, 46-year-old man um, of Korean 
uh, like uh, this Korean heritage in him. Mm -hmm. um, he has sort of like graying patches of hair running through uh, the, the sides of his temples. Um, and he looks like he, he's kind of studying everyone with a bit of a, uh, like a, a bad smell face, um, peering through the little glasses propped on his nose um, before he looks back to the menu and coffee black. Uh, and then pulls out a little notepad, um, which he flips open and he writes down the price of the coffee in this kind of ongoing accounts books that he carries with him, <laughs> puts it back in his pocket. Um, but then he kind of looks up at the Italian uh, lad and uh, gives him a knowing look just in case um, they share some mutual acquaintances. Um, and then sort of like leans back, crosses his legs, places a hand on the uh, the book that he's reading through at the moment. It's a, a quite a detailed thesis on um, like Babylonian mythology and whatnot that he's he's been perusing through. Um, okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of looking around. He looks quite average, um, but he also looks quite well off. Nice. And uh, have you told us what Walter does for a living? So uh, he's a librarian by day. Um, yeah. He is a uh, an accountant for um, individuals of organised alternative employment by night. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, creative accounting. Creative accounting. Say. Yeah. Good stuff. Brilliant. And um, the waiter uh, finally turns to you Tilda um what does he see he sees um a tall dark-haired middle-aged lady who is dressed very fashionably but in fashion probably meant for someone a decade younger than she is and she gives the impression of someone who used to be quite striking in her youth and is uh, finding it difficult to let go of that image she is uh, chain smoking by the way <laughs> So she's she's uh, since she arrived, she had at least two cigarettes, and she looks at the waiter. Um, a sparkling cider, if you would, my dear. Um, he uh, he looks uh, slightly um, slightly taken aback at the at the request for an alcoholic beverage, but he um, gives well, you a. That is actually a soft cider in the U.S., which was specifically. Yep. I had to look this up. <laughs> Uh, ah, great. Um, it's a non-alcoholic drink. In that case, he nods, and uh, uh, John Allen, um, it's it kind of you're all sort of sitting in a fog of cigar and cigarette smoke uh, mm -hmm. between between Rosemary and Edith's uh, output, and John Allen picks up the menu and kind of um, anxiously waves a smoke-free cloud in front of his face before um, uh, asking for a black coffee himself and the waiter uh, scurries off back into uh, into the cafe to get your order to interrupt uh, man do you want me to also say what her occupation is or yes please sorry i interrupted and that's okay uh so she would like to call herself an artist she is not a very accomplished one uh she mostly lives off her late husband's wealth and occasionally helps john allen and other people of um other people in the art circles to find forgeries. She has quite a good eye for detail. Great. A very useful skill. Um, 
yeah. Once the waiter has disappeared, Alan turns to uh, all of you and uh, sighs, puts down his the menu that he's been using to weigh the smoke away. And my friends, I'm uh, I'm grateful that you'd all join me here. And as I said in my telegram, I'm somewhat at my wit's end. I hope you can all help. I appreciate that you've all come here not knowing each other, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's good of you all to come. He um, he slides something across the table to, uh, to to you as a group, and you can see that it is advertising a an exhibition, uh, a new exhibit that is opening at the museum this this coming weekend on Saturday. Uh, it's a a collection of works by the renowned and somewhat reclusive or eccentric artist uh, Baudelaire is his name, and uh, yeah, the the exhibit is entitled Umbra and promises a, uh, a, a a voyage into the colour black, an exploration of, of the colour black in all its glory. Um, and the flyer itself kind of reflects that. It's very dark and uh, minimalist and quite moody. Um, and Alan uh, looks up at you all, gives you a chance to read it, and you've, uh, you've heard of him, of course. You certainly will have, Rosemary. Yes, of course I've heard of Baudelaire. Is this what passes for art nowadays? Oh, I, I don't. Well, I couldn't tell you, Walter. I, I haven't actually seen any of the stuff. He won't let me. That's partly why I'm so stressed out about it. He's a. Uh, well, you know what artists are like. They can be eccentric, uh, difficult to work with, but Baudelaire's something different. He's changed the locks on his workshop, won't let anyone in. Not even me. And uh, refusing to let me see the pieces until opening night. It's, it's a nightmare. Do you think he's got himself into a spot of bother? Well, I don't really know what to think. I mean, he uh, part of me thinks he's just going to unveil a whole load of plain black canvases and I don't need to tell you that the museum can't survive that kind of embarrassment. But part of me thinks that maybe flyer, it's... It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, who knows what passes for modern art these days. Um, part of me worries well, definitely, it's... definitely not that. <laughs> yeah, part of me worries it's uh, some sort of insurance scam. I don't know, maybe he's planning to have his work stolen and then sue the museum. I don't know. Anyway, I was hoping that the five of you could uh, help me look into it for, before opening night. At least put my mind at ease that nothing bad's going to happen. If you're well, not too busy, of course. Anything to help you. But I have to say, it's quite peculiar. You should really not stand for something like this. Like, you are technically speaking his boss. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I wouldn't with just any other artist, but if, well... If this goes well, then Baudelaire's, Baudelaire's reputation has the potential to to really enhance the museum's prestige, not just in the States, but abroad as well. I mean, there's no limits to where we could go from here if if this is a success, so we need to make it work. And he might be difficult to work with, but I can put up with that if that's, that's all there is to it. 
Honestly, Daryl, I'm just thinking this just sounds like a case of an artist being an artist. They're a bit funny with all their works and, you know. There is difference between artists and artists. You're going to have to run that by me one more time, hon. I don't understand. You just said the same word twice. Oh, no, no, no. An artist, an artist. There is quite a difference. You did it again, hon. That sounds like a very artist thing to say. Well, you might have heard of me. I did have a, a, couple, a couple of paintings set up in the, in the museum myself. Rosemary Everett? No? Uh, lovely pieces they were as well, Rosemary. Good to All see right. you again, Rosemary. I'm good to see you too, my darling. It's been a while. You doing well, honey? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Good, good. Where's that uh, drink? <laughs> at this point, the uh, the waiter comes back over, uh, carrying a uh, rather precariously carrying a, a, a tray of drinks, um, and sets them all down before you uh, in entirely the wrong places. It looks like it's quite um, harassed this morning. The cafe is doing a um, a bustling trade um, with uh, loads of people um, stopping in on their way to work or or wherever it is they're going. So it's yeah, it's turned into quite the community hub in the north end. But he uh, yeah, he deposits your drinks in front of you, uh, and then busts off again to the next table. Uh, and Alan turns to uh, look at you all again. And I mean, there's there's more though. It's not just that he's being a bit odd. We've had some uh, problems with the other staff since he moved in. It's weird. Yeah, weird things. A uh, couple of the night guards just quit all of a sudden. No, um, didn't even hand in the notice, no explanation. Just disappeared during their shifts. Never heard from them, uh, you know, to return their uniforms or nothing. It happened a couple of times, actually. And uh, I asked Baudelaire about it and he... He flew off the handle at me, went completely berserk. I mean, he's a bit of a roller coaster, but I've never seen him like that. So I'm really not sure what's going on, but he was he was furious. He's he's brought in all his own security now. I couldn't talk him out of it. You say that if this whole thing goes to the dogs, then the the, the museum shuts down the, the reputation be crippling uh, who is it the museum that's funding this artists gallery well we're certainly making a tidy contribution also i can tell you that um there are no other bringing in all his own supplies and um and things like that and he's he's hired the uh the security out of his own pocket but we're hosting it and i can tell you that isn't cheap i mean he's He's asked that we keep the lights on all night. I don't, goodness knows why, but he's uh, refusing to let them be turned off. Uh, may, may I ask, where, where is the art right now? Well, uh, as I say, he hasn't let me see it, but I think it's all uh, in his workshop at the museum. Okay. He uh, okay. he insisted on having a, uh, a workshop on site that was for his own personal use. 
and with his own personal security guarding it. Yeah, that's right. Although most of them haven't come in yet, they're uh, mostly due to coming on opening night. But you still, you'll see one or two of them around if you come to the museum. You know if he's had any uh, callers at all, just male, female, any, uh, let's see, interests. From what I can tell, he's uh, completely devoted to his work. Seems uh, a real reclusive type. Spends all day in his workshop at the museum and, from what I can tell, spends all night at home. Not probably, much of a chatter, though. Probably turned himself into a eunuch, knowing artists. Yeah, wouldn't be the first one I've seen, honey. I'll, I'll have to uh, take your word for that, Edith. Oh my, I'm glad I'm only sticking on the surface of this artist world. Y'all sound like an interesting bunch. They certainly can be, that's for sure, honey. They certainly can be. I, uh, I can't offer you too much, but uh, if you're able to get to the bottom of what's going on and put my fears to rest a bit before Saturday, I'd, I'd be really grateful to you all and the museum would be happy to cover any expenses. Oh, don't worry about it, darling. I would do this just for friendship. No, I definitely want my expenses covered. Definitely. Yes, <laughs> that's spoken a like a, a true socialite with lots of money in, in their bank account. So <laughs> to make this uh, business arrangement formally, we, we must, there must be an ex a financial exchange, uh, an agreement, a firm and formal agreement. You mean oh, like uh, a, a contract? Hmm. Hmm. It seems that our good friend, uh, John here, is in need of our help, and in exchange he will pay us for our time. That seems like a, a wise and a wonderful decision. It's a civilized thing to do. Ah, oh, well, uh, yeah, Walter, if you think that's, uh, that's strictly necessary, I, I suppose we could do it that way. Um, I'd, I'd rather, this will be in confidence though, right? Obviously, if... It, it were to get out that the museum was hiring investigators to look into one of their artists that would uh, create quite the scandal. Well, uh, I'm sure of all of the people in the world that you could have summoned here, uh, myself excluded, uh, the, I'm sure the, these four must be trustworthy enough. Uh, Walter, <laughs> Walter looks around each of you and uh, John looks around each of you in turn and yeah, well, I wouldn't have uh, called you here otherwise, I suppose, if I uh, didn't think that. Sure, well, you, you draw it all up, Walter, and, uh, and send it to my office, and uh, I'm happy to, happy to cover whatever you think is reasonable. Marvellous. And I'll uh, pick up the little cup of co black coffee, three spoons of sugar. So, uh, is there anything else you uh, need for me? Happy to help in any way I can. Oh. I think maybe just looking around first is going to be the best uh, best thing to do. If you have any questions, we'll just come back to you, my dear. Of course. I'm at the museum uh, all day, every day, pretty much, so you can pop in and see me whenever whenever you need. This reminds me, you really should go on a holiday after this. You look a bit tired, my dear. Oh. Yeah, you sound like my wife. Um, I think you might be right there. Yeah. How is your wife, anyway? Ah, uh, yeah. Sick of hearing about art. 
She'll be glad to get me away from that place, I can tell you. I can imagine. I'll let her know you asked. Such a shame you got married, John. Such a shame. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, uh, remember the good old days when we would go out drinking, all the, th the three of us? Indeed, yeah. You are such and a fun John would maybe make his way home and yeah. It looks like he doesn't quite know. He opens his <laughs> mouth a few times as if he's about to say something and then just decides against it and sips his coffee. Um, <laughs> well, I, uh, if there's nothing else, I'll, I'll best be getting back. But uh, yeah, my but, suggestion is that you start either at, uh, either at the museum, uh, the museum, uh, Baudelaire's workshop, uh, possibly overnight. He's unlikely to be there. Um, and uh, or you, during the day, uh, maybe you could visit his home. Uh, see if there's any information there. Um, those are my, my suggestions, but I'm sure you're uh, you're all resourceful people. That's why I've asked you here, so I'm sure you'll come up with other ideas. All these uh, addresses, John, you uh, you hand them over, of course, honey, yeah? Oh, yes, of course. And he uh, takes out a little uh, notebook from his pocket and uh, scribbles down uh, the address of uh, Baudelaire's home. Uh, which is in another part of the city, and uh, also the museum's address, and slides that along uh, the table to you. As Either. I say, if you uh, you need any expenses covered for uh, taxis or anything like that, I'd, I'd be happy to happy to do so. Just keep a track of, of what you're spending. Oh. Edith sort of reaches down by the side of her chair that she's sitting in and pulls up like this massive carpet bag this bag that looks like a carpet and like opens it and pulls out several things, puts the bits of paper that you've given with the addresses and like stuffs them in there somewhere and uh, pulls out a little booklet and like makes a, makes a note. Thanks, John. Good to see you. He, um, he doffs his hat to uh, the five of you, uh, finishes the last of his coffee and then gets up and, um, with a final nod, walks off into the into the crowd towards the docks. <clears throat> At this point, Edith will pick up whatever the darkest bit of the darkest last one of the coffees are. <laughs> She'll make some sort of judgment, <laughs> depending upon how dark they are. And the one that looks the blackest is the one that she'll go for. That's uh, just a bit of a way. This seemed great. Holding my cup with two hands. <laughs> Shoot, God. I mean, your cup is full of sugar. That's more sugar than coffee. I don't think she was good Um. Okay, so... Uh, I mean, looking around the table... Um, what? What's the time again, sorry? Is it like... Mid so so by now, it's about 3pm, probably, on Wednesday afternoon. Okay. Mm. So the, the, ex the exhibition's on Saturday, so you've got a few days to, to conduct your investigations uh, and report back. I mean, do we... How far away from the museum are we? Um, Perhaps a couple of miles. Okay. Yeah, a fairly long walk, but um, you could get a, you could get a taxi, get a cab. 
What a novel idea. Paying someone to drive you. <laughs> um, uh, quick question. Yeah. Um, would Rosemary know how difficult it would be to get into Baudelaire's uh, workroom in, uh, in the museum during the daytime? Um, well, from what Alan's told you, uh, mm. he's pretty much spends all day um, during the working hours hold up in there, so um, you'd think it would be pretty unlikely. Is, is Rosemary com uh, is, does Rosemary know the uh, museum well enough because she's been there quite a uh, quite a lot to think that she can either strong arm her way into uh, into the room, uh, or if she knows a different way in a back door, if you will. Um, I think she would probably think that it's unlikely they'd be able to you'd be able to get in uh, while Baudelaire's there if he didn't want you to. Um, and it sounds from what Alan's told you as if you know he's changed all the locks and he's kind of taking security measures uh, to stop people doing just that. Okay, so sorry. yeah, you probably need to go when he's not there and either break in or see if you can find a key or uh, yeah, maybe like we fun. should save that for the night time like yeah. like he suggested. Yeah, I think Rosemary will actually look at uh, Jeffrey. Actually, like you look like a very clever young man. Oh, thank you. I don't really want to presume or give you any suggestions, but maybe heading over to Buddha's house first would be a great idea. Well, uh, yes, I think that is a very good idea. The other thing that I was wondering was, um, would it be worth me checking in with Sandra at the the Herald? She's our arts and uh, culture uh, correspondent. She may know a thing or two about this Baudelaire. Inside information's good, honey. Do it. Is that allowed, doorkeeper? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can go wherever you like. Okay. I thought maybe I'd ask if I could use the cafe phone to give Sandra a ring uh, at the office because she should be she should be there. I'm taking a long lunch, which is going to turn into a <laughs> sick day. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, I could give Sandra a, a call first before I start coughing. Yeah, uh, no problem. Okay, but yeah, and then then I think I agree, I would agree with Rosemary mm -hmm. that um, the hitting the house would be a good, good plan. Okay, well, um, at your request, the uh, the waiter who served you earlier, um, you're able to make him understand that you you want to use the phone, and he uh, gestures uh, through to near near the bar. Where yep, there's a, I... a, 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 one of those old dial-up do, do I have to put a coin in, or is it just... No, it's just it's uh, plugged yeah. into the... But you just have to dial the number. Okay, I'm going to do my... Yogurt pot, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yogurt yeah. pot, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, or the old rotary phone. <laughs> yeah, and I call, I call Sandra. <laughs> Uh, is, is, is Sandra your uh, colleague, your receptionist? She's a colleague. She's okay. uh, the arts and culture correspondent for the Herald. Okay. Um, after a few rings, um, uh, Sandra, the familiar tones of Sandra answers and goes, "Yeah, what do you want?" Hey, Sandra, Sandra, it's it's Jeffrey. Uh, just uh, sorry to bother you in the middle of the afternoon. Um, oh, Jeffrey, how's lunch going? Oh, it's uh, very productive. Uh, that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm meeting with a uh, potential uh, source for my next story. Anyway, um, 
I was just wondering, uh, this this uh, Baudelaire fellow, you've you've heard of him? Uh, as in the artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that guy, the uh, the eccentric, well, the one who has the um, the exhibition this weekend. Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> well, well, um, what do you what do you know? Well, about the same as everyone else. He's not much. He's uh, almost a total shutaway from what I hear. Uh, mm. Completely. I mean, people go. The public goes years without seeing from it, seeing seeing him or hearing mm. from him, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere with a, some scandalous new exhibit exhi exhibition. Um, which so he's completely... provocative. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say, Jeffrey. Yeah. Okay, and, and he's but he's had he's had successful exhibitions before. He's not a fraud. He's he produces real work. Oh, I think there'd be uh, there'd be some people in the field who'd say he's one of the finest artists the states have got, but. Um, I suppose it's a matter of taste. I mean, every time he um, he's been banned from quite a few venues across the city, he's certainly controversial. His style's uh, somewhat different. Mm. Any um, any notable rumours? Any uh, previous uh, scandals uh, aside from the the artwork itself? Any bad dealings that you know of? No, he's actually pretty frustrating to try and report on Jeffrey, to be honest, because uh, can't get an interview with him and. Um, seems to have no personal life to speak of, so there's no gossip to report on. Mm. Don't know of any family, no flings, uh, mm. no friends. Okay. As I say, right. you barely, barely ever see the guy. Ah, oh, the man barely leaves a print on the world besides his uh, his art. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'll be. Uh, I'm going to the exhibition this weekend, so I was just uh, just interested in what you thought. But uh, thank you, thank you, Sandra. Hang, hang on, how did you get that scoop? Surely I should be going. I haven't been able oh, to get I, Oh no, but sure, purely as a uh, as a as an amateur enthusiast, you understand. Um, no, no, no. I'm sure uh, you, you you didn't know about the exhibition. Well, I knew about it, but I, oh, I haven't been able to get a ticket. It, that thing's booked oh, out. Oh, well, months ago. Uh, looks like I'll be uh, standing in for you, Sandra. Never mind, eh? <laughs> I, listen, if you have any specific questions for Baudelaire, I will happily ask them for you. Uh, anyway, I, I feel a tickle coming on in the throat, so if you could just let the editor know I won't be uh, in for the rest of the day. Uh, and he says, uh, ta-ra, and puts the phone down. She's she's in the midst of saying, well, hang on a minute, this is out right. And he hangs <laughs> uh, Sandra is not, is not happy with the situation. Nah, never mind, eh? Yeah, that's going to be an awkward... Um, that's going to be an awkward Monday morning meeting if you come back into work. <laughs> if I survive. During this whole conversation, uh, Edith would have uh, turned to the accountant and said, "So you're keeping all the records, honey, right? You seem like a like a a bookie type." <laughs> well, yeah, yes, uh, I'm I'm somewhat of a, a bookworm. Yes, yes, I uh, I work uh, primarily down in. Well, I, I I work in the, uh, the 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 Boston Library, but uh, I have my own my own personal collection, um, and uh, I, I foster other uh, other interests as well. Yes, they they keep me um, well fed. Yes. Good. Well, make sure you put a nice tip for the coffee. It's pretty good. It's not mud, but it's pretty good. I mean, uh, I look down uh, the the mention of a tip. I actively sneer. <laughs> they they get paid enough for what they do. 
You've never worked in a cafe, have you, honey? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it if it didn't pay well enough, then they wouldn't do it. That's the way I see it. Um, but yes, uh, <clears throat> Rosemary. Most controversial thing that's going to get said this whole one shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to get us the hate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like all service workers everywhere are just go like, no. I mean, Rosemary's going to need enough tip for everyone, so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Let me get it's all good. Uh, just shirk responsibility and someone else picks up the slack. Um, Ms. Everett, Rosemary? Yes, my dear. Your. You're an artist, so perhaps you would be able to answer this this for us. But these exhibitions, uh, it, 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 and I pick up the leaflet, presumably still on the table. Um, yeah, yeah, John's it, it's talking about a whole exhibition about black. Is that is that normal? Is that something that normally happens? I mean, it sounds preposterous, but. It is a bit peculiar, I'm not going to lie. Um, everyone has a moment when they want to do something different. Mm. So unusual unusual themes are not that surprising, especially for a well-established uh, artist, but a pure black exhibition is risky, for lack of a better term. Have there been other uh, artists that have um, attempted similar things in the past? That's a very good question. Uh, Lord Master, do I know if there has been anything else like this before? Well, I tell you what, this feels like a great opportunity to try out that dice roll that we've got. Mm -hmm. so, Let's um, roll! Rosemary, if you could roll me a art uh, check, art. that would be great. Just a, just a standard one, please. Okay. Standard art one. check. And if you could tell me what we're going to say. Would you allow... Uh, Okay, no, it just needs to be art. It can't be forgery, can, I, can it? I think probably not in this case. No, okay. But because this is your... I guess this is kind of your bag, because um, it's painting specifically, isn't it? You you do. Yes. So I'll give you a bonus dice, effectively, advantage. Thank you can pick the much. highest. Appreciate it. And it is... Uh... God, is it a D10 or D100 we roll for this? It, D100, yeah. D100, yes. Okay. And a bonus, do you say? E. E. That's very, way, way above. When you okay. want to pick the eight, right? The eight is, yeah, eight is not the, right. The eight. If that's okay. Great. So that would be an extreme success, I'm guessing. Yes. Ooh. Wow. Good start. Good start. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Rosemary, as you are uh, yeah, a, a semi-proficient painter yourself and you, you follow the art world pretty closely and you have some familiarity with uh, Baudelaire specifically, uh, you know that he is a, uh, a proponent of what, well, other people have given him this name, um, critics and the like, have described his style as dynamic realism, uh, which is kind of, it's not, uh, it's not impressionism, so it's not kind of like, weird abstract shapes um but it's not quite um just trying to capture reality as it is like a still life for example without any kind of embellishment 
And instead, Baudelaire tries to, something about his style tries to draw you into the scene um, so that it's almost kind of alive or 3D. Um, that's the, the idea of dynamic realism. And he's considered one of the, uh, the masters of it, really. Um, so that's what he's best known for. His previous exhibitions have been along those lines. Fairly scandalous scenes on canvas that it makes you feel like you're there and kind of being drawn into it. Which is why people have such strong emotional reactions to his work. They either think it's the best thing ever or they're kind of horrified by it. Which would make this whole all black thing even more mystifying because it's hard to imagine the dynamic realism being portrayed by just black. Yeah, it strikes you as quite odd. Yeah, it's a bit of a departure from his usual style. Interesting, interesting. Mm. Um, and do... there was oh, nothing like this before. Sorry, sorry, Dan. And there's no nothing like this before. Um, from other artists, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, no, nothing of this kind. And that's kind of what's being said on the on the flyer is that this is a, you know, a groundbreaking world first um, event. Um, I mean, plenty of um, you know, modern art is is still a bit on the fringes of what we would think of as modern art. So, um, yeah, nothing like quite like this has been attempted at such a high level in the art world. Okay. Um, from my connections, would I know, like, is Baudet's name known to me from it from a sort of like a, a mob? perspective is he someone that mm. the mob has had an eye on or he's had de has had dealings with him or he has dealt with or is he mm. is he relative is he a new name to me because i mean the art world is utterly alien to me <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't think so no there's nothing you've heard of um i, mean, I don't know kind of what level you are at in the in the mob in terms of how much you get told mm -hmm. about stuff that doesn't directly concern you but um no you've not you've not heard his name mentioned before in connection with your other job okay okay interesting um this this baudelaire is he the sort of person that um is, is he famous enough that he would have been written about Definitely, yes. In in academic journals? The re real writing? So. <laughs> okay. Academic journals, norm, uh, uh, newspaper, um, books, everything. He's very, very famous. He's very well known. Hmm. A bit okay. overrated if you ask me, but very well known. Okay, well, I, I'm certainly interest, interested in doing some, some research of my own. Oh, where are we... Where are we planning on rendezvousing first? I mean, quite frankly, it sounds like we should just break into his house. Are we planning on hiring someone to do that, or are we... Uh, you I, don't want to knock to, first, honey. I, I looked at Edith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got skills, but uh, try knock him first, you know. <laughs> well, he ain't gonna be there. Somebody might be there. His wife, his lover. Who knows with these people? He has no. Oh, sorry, Julia. What are you saying? 
No, no yeah, if, if Rosemary starts saying that, Jeffrey will just start nodding along because he learned that from Sandra as well, that, that this guy's a complete recluse, doesn't really have anyone in his life that is known of publicly. But if he's not at his home at night, then where is he? If he's uh, if there's no gossip well, about him, he's not out uh, sneaking cheeky whiskies around the, the back of tool sheds. So Alan told you that he's uh, he spends basically all day in his workshop at the museum, and then at night he goes home, as far as Alan knows. Sure. So he suggested that you kind of... So we've got a couple of hours window, yeah. probably. Yeah, to visit his home, yeah, if he wants to do yeah, that today. Yeah. I reckon we should get there, see if there's anyone around. We can try to... Yeah, we, we can try to get in by legal means, and if it doesn't work, we can try... Um, enough suggestion. <laughs> yep. I'm sure okay. we are Sounds all good. really breaking and enter entering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. isn't really a skill for breaking and entering. Lockpicking. The... Lock locksmith, I guess. Mm, locksmith. Climb, if you want to get in via the chimney. <laughs> I, oh, no, no, I'm 54. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I you can always climb head your way in. Standard. Standard so, 20%. So. If it's about three-ish... Um, yeah. How far are we from his house, and how far is the museum from his house, so we have an idea of how much time we'd have? Mm, yeah. So um, you have a look at the address um, that Alan gave you, and you think, um, "Have you brought your car, Walter? Are you, oh, are you yes. driving? Okay. Yes. So if uh, you're driving, uh, recently then... polished, I might add. Okay. And what what does Walter drive? Uh, well, it's good of you to ask. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's, yeah it's it's new. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a uh, 1920, obviously. Uh, Alfa Romeo, the 6C7552 for sport. Uh, nice, yeah. Yes, um, I'm hearing good things about it. Uh, what time of the year is it? Uh, August. August. Summer. Uh, I wrote down. It is it is hot, hot, it hot, is hot, hot August. Um, so depending on when this race happens. I will either boast that this car looks like it could ma win a massive race or has won a massive race. Mm. <laughs> um, yes, it's... Uh, I'll tell, tell you what. We, well, just imagine, once upon a time, we thought that if we went over 30 miles an hour, the skin would come off our faces. <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you, 60 miles an hour. Woo! So if you're uh, if you're if you're driving, Walter, you think that you've probably if you leave now, you've probably got time to uh, to get to Baudelaire's home, uh, which is a reasonably short distance away, provided you don't hit uh, traffic. Sure. Um, and so you'd have probably I'll an hour or two there. And get caps. Edith was right, ready to get I'll a see cab. how you see us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Edith will kind of like hold her hand up to kind of like get the attention of the way to go. Hey, hey! <laughs> and as soon as the way they like pays attention, it's like, you get us a cab, honey. <laughs> he uh, gives you a uh, gives you a nod and uh, runs out into the street to try and uh, hail flag one down. Oh, could I argue that? Wait, what is my credit rating? What's it called? Uh, it's the accounting that counts for wealth, right? Credit rating is uh, your personal wealth, yeah. 
Yes, 70 accounting. Can I argue I have a big enough car and a driver that could get us there if water drives? Is this your credit rating, Tilda? Uh, it's oh. my... Oh yeah, that's not going to be high enough. That's 46. Okay. Yeah, 46 is kind of like an average. I mean, you'd, you'd probably be on the upper end of average, I guess, without being truly wealthy. So yeah, you you could you could possibly have a have access to a vehicle if you wanted one. Um, well, obviously, I mean, it's a, it's a two seater, you understand, and I'd I'd offer to give uh, one of you a lift, but then I oh good, I'm coming with you then. But then I'd have nowhere to put my coat, so uh, a cab for the four of you. I'll hold um, the coat and I'll you put I'll it on my there. lap. Uh, unfortunately, really balance <laughs> disbalances the, the the balance differential. So, I'll I'll uh well, uh, it, it was good to meet you. I'll um if you see the red flash, that'll be me. Uh, I'll I'll see you there. Um, as Walter uh, uh, gets out of his chair and heads heads towards his car, uh, you notably see that the waiter before, is... Notably before the bill has been paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the waiter is frantically gesturing at you from the sidewalk. Uh, he seems to have flagged down a, um, a car that is going your way. Uh, Edith will kind of very crutchily get up and pick up her cane and sort of like use it to sort of like start making her way towards the door. Somebody pay the man. I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm a bit short, uh, but uh, and that's not a height joke. It's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally short and short. So <laughs> let's go. Is this going to devolve into a bag scene not here? Can <laughs> <laughs> we just pay the bill? The bill is paid. One is way anyone paying the bill? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, I think, I think Ella, Rosemary, and Jeffrey are ponying up for Walter yeah. and, and John. Yeah, keep the receipt. Yeah. You'll hear. <laughs> she walks away, like hobbles away out the door. Always the rich bastards were the stingiest. Well, you don't get rich spending it on coffee. That's the... <laughs> Edith's um, credit rating, just for FYI, is 17. So she's not rich by any means, which is why she looks like she's been pulled through several charity shops. <laughs> just FYI. So with that, the, uh, the five of you take your separate modes of transportation to uh, Baudelaire's home address. Uh, the taxi um, deposits uh four of you uh walter is already uh is already kind of there parked up um and you all stand on the sidewalk together looking at a really quite imposing um revolutionary war era uh house it's a standalone um, uh standalone house set back from the road somewhat with a quite a nice garden around it although it um the garden looks to have been long neglected um and, and not sort of kept up. The grass is quite long, and there's a, a willow tree that is um, looking a bit decrepit and uh, hanging over the path towards the house. Um, the house itself seems to be um, in a, somewhat of a state of disrepair as well. Uh, some of the gables uh, that hang over the doors are, are cracked. Uh, several of the windows um, look like they need new shutters. Uh, it's not kind of a complete ruin. It's it's clearly still occupied, but um, yeah, it's it's lying quiet and still, and uh, you can't 
can't see anyone around. Uh, you didn't say that there was a gate or anything, Matt? So I guess we just kind of we no, can just uh, walk up. Yeah, there's um there's no gatekeeping you out of the garden. There's a an imposing set of oak doors um mm. uh, leading into the house which are are shut. Is it is it uh, like looking around like how affluent does the neighborhood look? Mm. Um I don't think I need to roll for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like um, it looks like the houses here are uh, are reasonably um, are reasonably large, uh, and they look like they were quite expensive um, if they're kept in good condition. And you can see that um, most of Baudelaire's neighbours do seem to be much more house proud than he is, um, but. Your vibe from the neighbourhood is that um, it's very quiet and it seems to be occupied by people who uh, kind of want their, their privacy, their space. Um, hmm. So there's not, um, it, it's kind of a little bit away from the main city centre and uh, the hustle and bustle. And there doesn't seem to be many people walking around or, or chatting on the street. But yes, fairly, fairly affluent. You've certainly seen worse uh, water. Is there a doorbell? Uh, there's a uh, large iron knocker. Cool. Can, can we knock? Yeah. Um, there's uh, yeah the dull thud and uh, a moment of silence. And you can hear a shuffling sound after a moment or two on the other side of the door. And it, uh, it's kind of pulled open slowly and a older man uh, stands staring at you we probably should have talked strategy before we knocked <laughs> no <laughs> we um, got a very 1920s catchphrase yolo <laughs> this uh this older man uh who's yeah slight, slightly overweight but uh with a uh, good posture pulls himself up and looks down his nose at the um five of you, you can see that he's holding a, a silver tray with a, a cloth on it and he, he leans in and goes can I be of assistance? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who, I, I feel like either Jeffrey or Rosemary is going to put their most charming oh. face forward at this point. <laughs> I think Rosemary is probably going to try but gives you a look to uh -huh. back her up. Play along, yeah, sure. Uh, good afternoon, my, um, uh, my, de my dear man. We are here to see Mr. Bodana. He is expecting us. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid we are a bit early for a change. Traffic has been delightful. I think there must be some mistake. Mr. Baudelaire does not receive visitors, and he would have informed me had he invited some over. Perhaps you have got the wrong house. Uh, no, and I like, oh, is this and I confirm the address? That's correct. In that case, no, there is no mistake. This is about the exhibition. We are supposed to be here to help him with uh, a sensitive matter. Can I argue for a persuade for you? 
yes, I think so. Uh, you can. Yeah, I think it would be persuade probably. Mm. Um, I'm gonna say it's a hard one. Okay. Because um, Baudelaire does not get many visitors. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So is that like the half? So a thing? half, yeah. Ooh! So that's a ten. Seventy-five. Uh, <laughs> uh, Great. So that's a that's presumably a hard success, is it? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Way to go, Tilda. Uh, <laughs> he. Uh, I'm just used to it. The butler uh, raises his eyebrows. Um, well, uh, this is irregular, but uh, if you are here at Mr. Baudelaire's invitation, then of, of course, follow me. And uh, <clears throat> he uh, leads you, allows you into the house, um, and uh, you can see that it's very dark inside. Uh, the wallpaper is quite dated and don't seem to be a couple of um, a couple of lamps have been lit, uh, but they're burning quite low, um, and the house smells kind of musty and like there's not a lot of fresh air gets in here. Um, there's lots of very dark wood and uh, kind of oak paneling and that sort of thing. Um, I will. Uh, did uh, Mr. Baudelaire tell you what time he expected to be home? I'm afraid um, we are quite early. I think not for the next two hours. But he did. Uh, did he say that we can? If you are early, we can just sit and wait for him here. Uh, well, of course. Um, so he leads you down a, a corridor, and um, he. You can see at the end of the corridor there is a um, uh, a doorway that is kind of slightly. Um, yeah, a doorway uh, at the end of the corridor, but Mr. Wilkes, he introduced himself as Mr. Wilkes. Uh, he takes you off uh, and drops you off in a room to the right, which serves as a, a kind of lounge. Uh, there's a, a fireplace. Uh, there's no fire in the grate uh, because of the heat. Um, but he uh, he gestures to some tired looking armchairs and uh, perhaps you would care for refreshments while you wait. That would be amazing. Yes, please. A coffee, if you will. Two coffees. Three coffees. Three sugars. That's three sugars in the third coffee, not one sugar in each of the three. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Oh, you're welcome. Whiskey, uh, neat, if you've got it. But if not, Ooh. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Walk into someone's home and ask for <laughs> prohibited substances. He's an artist. It ain't, it ain't illegal for personal use, darling. <laughs> um, Ella, what are you asking uh, Mr. Brooks for? None for me, thanks. He nods uh, gravely and, uh, and turns around and slowly shuffles off. Um, you get the impression that Mr. Wilkes doesn't smile a lot. His face seems to be set in a um, yeah, kind of somber scowl. Um, but you can hear him, uh, there's some sounds of like chinks and glasses uh, being pulled out of a cupboard uh, from somewhere down the hall. And you're left alone in this lounge. Uh, Edith is going to go and be nosy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to just like have a look at her. Like, she'll, she'll get up and she'll like just start pottering around 
the lounge. Uh, just kind of like looking at things, maybe like if there's like a mantelpiece, just seeing if something hasn't been moved for a really long period of time. Uh, checking behind a painting, just in case. Uh, looking for anything that is kind of suspicious to her as an occultist. Just anything that kind of looks like it might be dark <laughs> in the sense of summoning. Okay. You're looking for pentagrams on the Basically, walls. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, will be, I will be kind of doing the same, but from a not-so-suspicious getting up and walking around <laughs> and moving shit. <laughs> so what both of you notice uh, probably is that, um, that there isn't a lot in this room at all, other than the armchairs that you're sat in. Um, there's a, a, a clock uh, on the mantelpiece above the fire, um, which is ticking away. A little bit of dust, but it's, it's not kind of... Um, the room's relatively clean. Seems that uh, Wilkes at least takes care of the inside of the house to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, there's no books, there's no kind of real ornaments, um, nothing that suggests that Baudelaire entertains at all in this room um, or spends indeed any real time in here himself, um, which perhaps leads you to think that this isn't his main um, living space and mm. this is kind of a public space, but not one that he spends a great deal of time with, unless he just likes sitting in a chair doing nothing. Did I see any books on the way through the house to this lounge? All you've seen so far, as you came in, uh, there was a staircase going up uh, to the upper floor on your left. Uh, directly ahead of you, there was a, a closed door, and then there's the lounge that you're in now. And then off to the left was the kitchen, presumably where Mr. Wilkes is now preparing your drinks. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm shook that a person with money doesn't have books. Um, I'm going to, like, whilst, uh, whilst the two of them go rummaging around, <laughs> looking for bone circles, um, I'm going to, like, I'll give Jeffrey, like, the I've got a cunning plan, wink. Um, and I'm going to stand up straight on the, the waistcoat strides to the doorway uh, peer around and uh, can I see Wilkes? Uh, you can kind of see him in and out he's uh, in the kitchen off to your left he's got his back to you uh, kind of moving quite slowly uh, and the, the sure. uh, whistle of a kettle uh, that's being boiled uh, but he doesn't seem to be watching you um, my my good man, apologies. Uh, it, it was some. It was quite a long journey. Uh, could you point me in the direction to the lavatories? Um. Yeah, he uh, sort of gestures, of course, uh, and gestures down the corridor. Um, there's a next to the closed door at the end. There's a, a little water closet off to the side, uh, set into the stairs, effectively. Uh, the that door is that still in line of sight of him? No, no, you'd um, you'd be sort of blocked by the staircase. Okay. I. Okay, in which case I'll lean back because I yelled that out loud enough. Well, I said that out loud enough that everyone could hear. Um, and I give Jeffrey a like a do I do it look. 
I mean, do... Sorry, this is out of character. Do what, exactly? <laughs> just, go for a, just go for a little wander? I was I was thinking... I kind of stop you, because and I explain, I was thinking perhaps I try and charm the butler into giving us a tour. A tour. Um, okay. Which, which would then allow us to look around with him thinking he's in control of it all, but then... It'll be hard for him to keep track of all five of us um, if we want to sort of check things out in different rooms. That is a fantastic idea. In which case, I will just go for a piss. <laughs> <laughs> and I will actually go and use the lavatory. Okay. okay. You're genuinely going to do that. Okay. And that's where you see the cult summoning signals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the toilet appears to be a skull. You oh. open the bathroom door and tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Wilkes, while you're gone, Walter, uh, Wilkes comes back and, uh, and brings brings the tray of drink, leaves it on a, uh, a low coffee table in front of you. And will there be anything else? Oh, I have I, uh... duties to which I must attend. I, I, I say, my good fellow, just before you before you go, um, this is such a beautiful house, and uh, Baudelaire is such a um, uh, our friend, our good friend Baudelaire is uh, an artist of such wonderful um, reputation and, and taste. Uh, I was wondering, could we trouble you for a, just a, a brief tour of some of the public areas of the, the house? Uh, I don't see why not, uh, as long as you uh, understand that there are areas that are off limits. Oh, Mr. Bogle, of course, of course. Study, of course, is mm -hmm. never open to visitors. Absolutely. Oh, wouldn't dream of setting foot in there. Um, no, of course. Well, uh, if you would like to bring your drinks, uh, you may follow me. Did he just I'll get stay her here whiskey? And Sorry, Lynn. He He did yeah. bring your whiskey, yes. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lane, carry on. She'd like as as the everyone starts to get up and take their drinks. I'll let uh, Mister Wynn know where to go. I'll come catch up. Very well. And he leads um, Jeffrey and Rosemary and Edith on a extremely tedious tour of this uh, house, telling you its uh, long history dating all the way back to the Revolutionary War. Um, mm -hmm where it served as a garrison point at one point for colonial troops. Um, but his, his, like, his, his tone of voice does not change, his speed does not change. It's kind of like a history textbook is being read at you uh, with absolutely nice. zero enthusiasm. Nice. Uh, and he leads you around the various dark, uh, unlived-in looking rooms uh, one by one. Um from the tour, from the kind of layout of the house and the doors that he doesn't take us through, <laughs> is it fairly obvious where the study is? So, the private uh, study? Yeah. He, you notice that he bypasses completely the door at the end of the corridor uh, next to the water closet. Um, he does all the other rooms downstairs and then uh, leads you upstairs just as uh, water is coming out of the water closet uh, but does not even sort of explain what that room is okay yeah uh i think when is when the butler's back is turned i'm gonna nudge walter and kind of gesture towards the uh the study door um in which case if i emerge sort of like as they're 
Well, was it when he, they were going upstairs? That... Yeah, so they would have been following Mr. Wilkes upstairs, and I guess Jeffrey would have leaned over and gone, you know. Uh, and um, then they kind of disappear upstairs, and you can hear them creaking about. Sure. Uh, and are you in, like, the doorway of the, the lounge? Yeah, I'll just be waiting. I'll be, like, waiting for you. And, like, as, they le- as they're, like, leaving off and disappearing, I'll be like, Okay. Okay. Well, this has never failed so far. And I will... Well, well, I I go to whistle. Then remember I'm being sneaky. um, And I will lumber (laughs) over to the the study door and... Like, innocently, as if I'm looking around as I'm not doing anything and... Like, try the handle. It opens. Uh, it seems that, seems that Baudelaire was so confident of not having any visitors that he didn't bother locking it. Okay, I stumbled uh, and the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the door yeah creaks open, and uh, you're looking at a um, two of you are looking at a yeah what is clearly a study or a library, perhaps a mix. Finally, the library Walter has been craving. <laughs> Yeah. I can now ascend to my final form. A deep sense of relief <laughs> enters your soul. There is a, a very clotted desk um, over in one against one wall. So it's basically yeah, lots of bookshelves um, covering most of the walls. One uh, one of the walls kind of taken up by this large uh, mahogany desk, which is just covered in more books and papers of various kinds. And then there's a couple of. Uh, reading chairs by the window. There is no... Be quick. I'm going to keep listening out. There is no organisation. Pinpoint where they are. Keep. Be quick. Okay. If it uh, helps, Edith is going to keep Mr. Wilkes talking and yeah. uh, just like talk to him about like how long has he worked for him? How long you work for him, honey? Tell us all about you. You seem like a fascinating person. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, Mr. Wilkes does not seem like a fascinating person, and he <laughs> he proves that by telling you in excruciating detail uh, how his um, his father's father worked for Mr. Baudelaire's father's father, and okay. they've kind of continued that this is family great. tradition. This yeah. is great. Proud tradition of being a manservant to the Baudelaires. <laughs> um, okay, so look at quick glance. Um, because I feel like I'm slightly in my element now. The books on the shelves, do they look like they are regularly referenced in comparison to the pile books on the desks? Like, is there a space in this area that looks like he works at it more often than not? Because at the moment it looks like a bit like a dumping ground. Oh, tell you what, give me a library use role. <laughs> Is that good um, for you? It's almost like you're made for that skill then. <laughs> oh, don't roll high. <laughs> oh, whoops. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Oopsie. So, uh, too excited not... at all the books. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's not maybe immediately. You're slightly aggrieved, Walter, because. This bookshelf does not have anywhere near the correct uh, ordering system that you would choose. There's no Oxford ordering system here. No, it's an absolute like carnage of uh, not in alphabetical order. It's not sorted by author. Um, The only pattern you can kind of discern is there are kind of rough 
subject areas, you know, certain shelves devoted to certain subjects. But that's about as far as it goes, you know, it's not even colour-coded. It's terrible. Artist. Um, yeah, it's chaos. Um, Stop sorting the goddamn shelves. <laughs> looking. <laughs> You're not able to tell kind of which are the most regularly looked at um, okay. with that role. But you do discern... Um, kind of some broad themes or areas that um, Baudelaire seems to be particularly interested in. Um, so there's art, no surprises there, he's got lots of books about art. Um, perhaps somewhat more surprisingly, um, there's quite a healthy section on geology uh, and uh, other earth sciences, chemistry and physics particularly. Um, and then um, Towards the top, on one of the top upper shelves, there's a small section of uh, very much older looking books um, in dark bindings of black, grey and brown. Um, they look much more tattered. You know, most of the other books look quite expensive and, and sort of fairly like they've been freshly bought almost. Um, but these ones look kind of very old and second hand, third hand. Um, and they seem to have obscure titles in Latin and other languages that you, um, you know, mostly non-English. Okay. Um, if I may, uh, because I am surprisingly large, um, could I, as I reach up to grab one of those tatty books on the top <laughs> shelf, because I know a tatty, sh a tatty covered book means it's probably worth more money, um, but I'd also like to glance at the titles on the spines of, like the ge uh, geology and uh, like the sciences thing. I've got some points in science. Maybe some of the names at a glance means things to me. They yeah, might be okay. words that just mean nothing. Um, while he's doing that, I'd like to look at the more tattered ones and see if I know anything weird about them. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I tell you what. Um, Walter, if you give me a, uh, a science role, oh, um, and uh, Ella, if you give me a, a cult role. Please. Oh, oh, you shouldn't have. Oh, Walter, books are not your friend. <laughs> oh, oh boy. oh boy, that's nearly a, a fatal paper cut there, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cult above 50, so no, it's not. <laughs> um, you find a copy of The Great Gatsby, and you're like, what's this? <laughs> yeah, they've all just been rebound in scary-looking covers, but it's just like <laughs> mis Mr. Men. <laughs> um, this is dirty, dirty book shelf. Yeah. So, uh, Walter, as you scan the um, more science looking uh, side of things, uh, the, the geology books are all about minerals of various kinds. That much you gather uh, the properties of various minerals and their and their uses in um, in art, in science, those sorts of things. Um, the other science books are remarkably focused on the nature of light and um, and shadow, and um, so yeah, there's lots of books about how exactly light works. Um, yeah, ranging from kind of the, the, the highly technical science sciencey books to kind of more uh, poetic or even mystical explorations of light. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Ella, as you uh, pull down one of the uh, this, uh, a small black book from the top shelf, um, do you read Latin at all? I do not. Okay. Uh, well, it's it's uh, inscribed Ante Lucem. Um, you can tell that it's in Latin, probably, but um, you flick it open and see that it's densely uh, densely packed, but there doesn't seem to be... It's, yeah, you don't understand it. Um, but it kind of... Yeah, it seems to be handwritten um, and very, very old. The pages are yellow and uh, some of them kind of threaten to fall out as you open it and you have to kind of walk, cradle it a bit more carefully than you were. Careful, were. careful. It's an old book. Yes, the most utmost of care. All right. I mean, all these books, like this, this is just, this is just a pandemonium. I, uh, are there any like journal-like books that I can see on a desk or mm. something that it looks like he might be actively writing in? So as you go over to the desk, um, there's just papers all over it um, of various kinds. Um, a lot of them look like they're fairly mundane or to do with uh, organising the exhibition, so some correspondence around that. Um, there is strikingly uh, an open book on the... There's, there's a, a drawer in the desk um, and you sort of try it and it's it seems to be locked. Um, but so open on the desk is a, a copy of the Bible, um, and it seems to be open at uh, Genesis 1, uh, so right at the start. And you can see that that page has been heavily annotated. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, took a book, that one there. Um, is it? <laughs> is it just the first page that's annotated, or just like flicking? Yes, uh, the rest of the book doesn't seem to have been uh been marked at all but the, the yeah the first page is heavily annotated and particularly um yeah there's sort of two um two phrases that particularly catch your eye so where it says uh in the beginning the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep that is heavily underlined um and then a bit later on in the text it says and god said let there be light and there was light and that is angrily almost circled in red um and oh, gosh. you don't like the that. word <laughs> scrawled in the margins next to that phrase uh the word aberration is written. Mm -hmm. wow oh, that's a that's a take to have that's a that's a an, a new angle um okay uh the footsteps overhead are they slowly so upstairs specifically um, listening out for like when stuff's getting closer so we know when to leave upstairs uh mr wilkes turns to the three of you rosemary jeffrey and edith and uh he breaks off mid-sentence talking about how his um uh one of his ancestors served with george washington at yorktown um oh but but uh what what am i uh what am I thinking of? Your, your friends, they, uh, are, th are they well? Uh, should we check on them? Oh, w Walter has, um, stomach problems. Oh, uh, well, he, he wouldn't want to miss the tour, would he? I, we can, uh, 
we can go and get him and that I could restart. Oh, you really don't want to disturb him when he's in the bathroom having problems. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I, 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 and, and what's about your, your other friend? Uh, She's a nurse. Ah, uh, I, I see. Um, well, perhaps we ought to uh, to check on them. And he just sort of makes a move towards the stairs. Um, probably we, hear this. Uh, why don't I go and uh, go and grab uh, grab our friend, and we can join you here. And we can continue the tour, so no one is missing out. Landed idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yes, very well. Well, we're nearly done, so uh, I will need to repeat most of the information. But <laughs> Maybe that... we have plenty of time. Yeah. Make everybody stand through it all again. Um, As you head downstairs, Rosemary, you take a look at your timepiece and you note that it is now kind of half four, possibly getting on for five o'clock. So um, if you want to be out of here before Baudelaire returns, you're not sure what time he clocked off for the day, but um, it's going to get increasingly risky to stay much longer. Okay, uh, uh, can I check on Walter and Ella? Yeah, so you make your way through uh, to the study. They've kind of left the door ajar. Uh, Ella sort of pops her head out as, as you approach because she's been listening. Um, tells you to to, to, to be quiet. Um, but yeah, you enter into the study and see uh, Walter bent over the desk looking puzzled. Um, we do have to hurry, my friends. Any progress? Uh, I mean, I don't understand how any sane human being could operate in a space like this. Any progress on the actual problem we are here for? There are some old weird books on the top shelf in Latin or something like that. Okay. I don't know much aside from that. I ain't the most learned. Right, so Um, not a lot. Ella, have you been continuing to go through the, the books on the top shelf? Um, maybe one more, like one or two more. Yeah, okay. But, uh, like, my... After that, after the first one I seen there in Latin, I'm like, oh, well, these are going to be in fucking Latin, so I ain't going to bother. So you pull but a few like... more... You pull a few more down, and, yeah, there's a range of languages. One seems to be in a kind of scratchy script that doesn't resemble letters at all. You're not quite sure what that is. Um... Another's in sort of a geometric kind of patterns that go all over the page. Um, a couple are in German. Um, but finally, almost the last one you, you pull down before you give up is seems to be written in English. So it's an English translation of a, uh, of a Latin text. And it's uh, entitled The First Gods by somebody called Elfrid the Mad. Ooh. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> It's about the only one that I can make head nor tail of, and I've been looking up this stuff for a while now. Well, let's just take it with us. I don't think we've got time to read through it now. Yeah. Okay, and now we just need to somehow get out of here. Without continuing the absolutely dreadful uh, tour. I'm going to put that in my briefcase, the, the that book in my briefcase and keep going. If you would be, be so dear and come with me and uh, Rosemary's going to link her arms with Ella and lead her upstairs to where the others are. Right. 
Um, Walter, as you watch them go, uh, you your eyes fall again on the locked drawer in the desk. Sure. Um, presumably there's no key. <laughs> in, <laughs> in immediate eyesight. Not that you can see. Key is Walter's meaty fist. Mm, I I feel like Walter's thing is, Walter's probably got the meaty fists, but he's got pencil (laughs) arms attaching them (laughs) to his body. I thought you had good strength. Or is it just size? I've got good girth. That's what I thought. I thought you were a beefcake. I am, for the physical presence. I'm like a walking mountain of jelly. Um, Right. (laughs) I'm gonna. Okay, I've seen. I've seen some of my uh, clients do this, so I'll just do a little. Uh, I'll just try and pull on it. See if I can pull it with enough sudden force that it just like bends whatever lock is inside. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess that will just be a strength. Uh, yeah. Strength check. The desk is quite old, so we'll just make it a normal one. Sure. Watch and learn, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go! Yes! Librarian can't do books, but can do physical violence. (laughs) (laughs) That's a 35 strength, everyone. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Lovely. Okay, so there's a a louder than you would like uh, sound as you, like, basically pull this drawer almost clear of the desk uh, and it clatters to the floor um, and uh, upstairs Mr. Wilkes uh, turns around and goes he, ter- he leans into you Jeffrey. he really is unwell isn't he he really is <laughs> I, I'm going to have to clean that you know I'm sure Walter will do his best to uh, clean up after himself but you may well have to give it the final polish yes Edith will interject that he tries not to get any on the walls, honey, but you should be fine. <laughs> lactose intolerance is a killer. <laughs> um, Walter, you look down at the remains of the drawer and you can see there's a, a leather bound notebook of some kind in it. That's in a locked drawer, so I will. Oh, oh. Bloody hells, and just kind of try to jab the drawer back in. Oh no, oh no, no, I've never actually done this before. Oh, please, please. And then uh, I'll just pop the, the the journal in uh, with my like accounting book. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, and then I'll realize that my plan is not foolproof. Uh, what the. I'll, I'll very quickly look for a book in the room that's got a similar binding, like a similar cover, Ooh. and chuck that in the drawer instead. Clever. Okay, yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah. That will buy you, you at least 10 seconds. Yes. <laughs> when we're not even in the house. Foolproof. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you quickly try and scan the shelves for one that looks most similar, chuck it in the in the drawer, and then ram the drawer back into its, uh, into its groove. Um, because when he realizes that he's put his journal on the shelves, he's going to be there for weeks with this ordering system. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, Mr. Wilkes, uh, I'm guessing you guys upstairs, are you. What's your exit strategy here? Uh, you really had, had you had an idea? I, th- 
I feel as if it's not going to be easy without arousing his suspicion and then he's going to tell Baudelaire if we just disappear when we said we were meeting him. So I feel as if we have to contrive some convincing reason why we've been called away. <laughs> right, okay. But Ella, we're going to need am... Ella to um, say that Walter is in dire need of the hospital <laughs> or something. <laughs> My insides have become outsides. <laughs> <laughs> Why Jeffrey is saying that to Ella, where well, I just pass basically pass it on as we come upstairs. I think Rosemary is going to lean over to Edith and say, like, Edith, my dear, this might need a distraction. Distractions I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, that's plan B, remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have so many ideas in my head, and all of them are wrong. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm guessing Ella says something to, to Mr. Wilkes. Yeah, uh, I think she's going to go. No, some of them noises that Mr. Wen's making are... Uh... That ain't good. I seen some of that on the front lines. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go check on him, and I'm gonna clean up some of the blood while I'm there. H hang on, there's there's blood. What? what? With some of them noises that that man's making, there's gonna be blood. Yeah, I'll go clean it up so you don't have to do the worst of it. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, very well. I'll 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 pop into the kitchen and, and fetch Mister Wynn some hot towels. Cold. Um, don't need more cold, than cold that. Cold towels. Yeah. This poor man. I love, I love how Lovecraftian horror can be defeated by toilet humor. Humor down the serious. He starts making his way downstairs. Uh, to battle the kitchen. Oh no! At this point, like Edith will kind of very loudly be like trying to trying to chat this guy up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like interposing yourself between him and the stairs. And pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Just be like, you keep yourself very trim, honey, for a man your age. <laughs> you ever you ever visited New York at all? <laughs> <laughs> Um, whatever part of Mr. Wilkes might once have responded to your charms is <laughs> seems to have uh, to no longer be um, yeah no longer be working. So he's he's kind of uh, look, trying to look past you and uh, excuse me, uh, but he yeah you're sort of physically blocking him. So Mr. Wilkes, we gotta go. <laughs> Um, okay. wait, you you told him what? <laughs> shut up! Shut up! I said what I had to. We gotta get going. Um. Okay. Well, I guess. Uh, I might. Uh, if I just make for a break, a break for the front door. Um, out of feigned embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. Like, a legitimate and shit and run. <laughs> <laughs> I will, as he does, I will follow after again. Mr. Wen, I've seen worse. You get back here. <laughs> and 
if I if 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 I'm outside, then that gives you all a reason to also be outside. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I think I think Jeffrey's going to start making our excuses uh, at yeah. this point and say, um, I. I'm terribly sorry, uh, Mr. Wilkes. What 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 are we thinking? Coming in here and, and messing up your lovely wash closet, and um, and 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 Mr. Baudelaire's not even here. I think we're just going to go to his studio. I think that's probably for the best, don't you? Uh, uh very very well. Uh, I mean, you, you might possibly miss him. He tends to come home around six o'clock, but uh, if I, I'll I I'll let him know you you called. Yes, please. And uh, he, uh, here's a calling card, and I would like to give him a fake calling card with a fake name on it. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. Um, what name is on it? Or is it just um, uh... John? Can I argue that I put in a rival artist name on it? Ooh. Yeah. Sure. Um... <clears throat> oh. Yeah. No, that's, that's fine. I think you can do that. <laughs> Sounds cool. Um. So yeah, you give him this card and he looks down at it and blinks once or twice and... Uh, yes, I will uh, pass it on to Mr. Baudelaire. I hope your friend recovers. Good oh, day to you. Very kind, thank you. He, he survived worse. Good day. Um, I'll be making loud noises about Colombian blend that really doesn't... <laughs> does not agree. Cool. Yeah, cool. We, we're out of there. Alright. So you all make your excuses and uh, get out of um, Baudelaire's home uh, without undetected, um, with a couple of uh, possible leads in tow, um, and you uh, pile back into. Um, I guess you flag down another cab and Walter <laughs> 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 drives off in his uh, in his flashy one. Are you heading to? Are, are you going to uh, examine what you've got first, or are you going to head to uh, Baudelaire's workshop? I mean, if we we could always like reconvene at that coffee shop again, um, compare notes, and then strike out because we'll probably are we gonna have to break into the museum? Yeah, or, or well, I think we... we're gonna wait till the evening and yeah. till he's left, and then then probably break in. Yeah. So, so Alan has given you a key to the museum itself. Ah, I've, I've got a lifetime pass anyway. So <laughs> but, uh... after hours. You might have to you might have to break into the workshop itself because uh, yeah. Baudelaire's, okay. Baudelaire's changed the locks there. <laughs> right, but yeah, shall we have a look at our spoils? Yeah, ill-gotten let's, gains. Let's rendezvous at the coffee shop and then we'll we'll discuss. Okay. Okay. So as you guys make your escape from uh, the Baudelaire house uh, with your ill-gotten gains uh, safely stowed away, we will call it there and uh, we will pick this up again next time. Awesome. Hey. This there, honey. This, yeah. That's not going to bite us in the ass. This Lovecrafty and horror ain't too bad. <laughs> fine so far. Yeah, it's fine. It's got no teeth at all. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Uh, see you at the next one. See ya. See you later.